Thank you for joining. It is Wednesday, 6 p.m. hump day. I live in New York. It was an absolutely gorgeous day today. I don't know. I got a little bit of the spring fever bug. I know it's only January, but, you know, spring is literally 60 days away because, you know, it's January to January, February 19th, February 19th to March 19th. Yes, I am so happy. Thank you for joining. I'm proud of you, sis. I first want to say, I know MLK, Martin Luther King, Junior Day just passed us two days ago. And you know what? I too have a dream. I, I just want our world, our America, our United States of America to just be together again. I, I, it, it breaks my heart that our country seems so divided and I just love people. And I just want things to just be cool with all of us being all together, all again. You know, I, I compare it to like having two parents in a household with children that are always fighting in front of our kids. And it doesn't really help our kids, right? It doesn't make our kids feel good, right? It doesn't, it's not a positive thing. and. That's the same way I feel with the way our country is going. And I feel like it really affects our kids, our babies, the younger generation to see the adults just constantly fighting, constantly not agreeing, constantly like bickering. And I remember there was a time, I don't know, people can't have it their way, all their way, all their way. They have the thing called compromise. I teach my babies this all the time. It's not your way or the highway. And I think that we have to come to a point where there's some sort of civility, um, some sort of like, I don't know, partnership. You know, we want this country to be a country that's great for everyone that's here. Um, whether you were born here or you're immigrant here or you know, your grandparents, great grandparents came here, you know, decades ago. And, you know, also, you know, MLK, you know, you know, African-Americans, Black Americans, you know, didn't come here by choice. And, you know, but I feel that this is where we are right now. And I just want us to just move forward all together to just try to make this country as a, the best country ever on this earth and to help every person just get the opportunity, you know, to fulfill their dreams, you know, to get the house with the white picket fence. I met my parents to talk about the white picket fence and my parents did get that. And then, you know, my siblings got that too. And I'm, you know, my parents are immigrants. I'm the first time immigrant here. And I saw my parents bust their butt. And I just feel like, you know, everyone, I just think we all need a timeout and just to get our focus back and, and, and understand why America is great. Um, we are a melting pot. 
have so many different ideas. We have freedom, we have liberty, we have happiness. You know, some days we have good days and bad days, but I mean, I honestly wouldn't trade any other place um, in this world to go, you know, besides the United States. I know our country is not the most perfect, you know, country in the world. I know it's probably, people might say other countries are better, but you know, just on a on a stamp of MLK Day, Martin Luther King Day, let's just all just get along for the greater good for our babies, for our children. Because I know this bickering is probably depressing the hell out of them. But anyway, I have Miss Theo Mom Point here. She's actually my little cousin. Love her to pieces. She's the first family member that's ever come on my show, and I am so proud of her, sis because she is the younger generation. She is the generation that is being affected by all of this craziness that's going on, our babies is going on. But this new generation, which is Theo's generation, is introducing me to things that I've never known before. And my little cousin is an influencer. She's also a supermodel. I think she's so pretty, she's so gorgeous. But I wanted her to come on the show and just talk about her generation like what are they doing what do they think about the world like everything everybody wants to be influenced i heard in america all the kids want to be influenced but either that'll be on roblox like my kids so we're turning the page into a new generation of a digital you know children digital you know this, this just not archaic like it used to be and so i want our country to understand that in order for us to remain the best, you know, it's like the divided we fall mechanism. We don't want this. If we're divided, eventually we will fall. So if we don't get it together, I don't think our kids are going to have a future in this country. Um, the future that we appreciated when we were growing up. So Theo, 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 hi Theo. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? You sound wonderful. You look beautiful. Hey guys, this is my little cousin. She's on a show. I'm so, I'm so proud of my little cousin. I mean, thank you. I wanted her to come on the show because she represents the future, you know, our future. And hopefully, like if the grown adults like me and you can't get it together, I am putting all of my gambling pieces in the hopes that her generation will get it together so theo thank you for coming on my on i'm proud of you sis how is your day going girl i just got home from work so i just like i have to make this happen for my cousin so i'm here <laughs> um, thank you so ahead. much thank you so much for coming here so first of all you are an influencer i follow your page Mm -hmm. And I think you're so amazing because I want to do what you want to do, but I don't know how to do it. I feel so old sometimes, but you do it so flawlessly. Uh, my my cousin Theo Monpoint is underscore um, Theodora on Instagram if you want to follow her. She is a lifestyle influencer. Um, she cooks fashion you name it i mean i go to her page and she gets like tons of likes so explain to me how this social media era has helped you 
I mean, grow your business because you also have a business. Yes, absolutely. I mean, let's let's start with how it started. So okay. I was never really into computers, anything. While I was in high school, my graduate class was 2012. Um, my peers were into Twitter and stuff, but that just wasn't my thing. Um, I had a Twitter, I had a social media, but I just wasn't on it and using it. So after I had my daughter at 21, I started being more active on it, posting pictures of myself, and people were so amazed that I snapped back. But truly, I was just young. I had a kid at 21. That, that's what happens, you know? And from there, I was, I just felt like being vulnerable. I shared my breast augmentation story and girls found that inspiring. And then from there, I kind of made a brand for myself and built followers from there. But <clears throat> influencing is not what it seems. I felt like back then it was kind of like, yeah, be vulnerable and everybody will like be attracted to your story, but now now that everybody's being vulnerable, it's like you got to be even more creative to get the engagement and the like. So it's an ongoing thing. So when people say, oh, I want to be an influencer because it looks easy, I'm like, no, it's just as hard as getting a degree. You're always teaching yourself new things, learning these new apps. It's just like sometimes the code of my daughter, she's seven. She's teaching me new things because I'm like, I'm tapped out. I don't want to learn no more. And I like, so that's kind of how I started. And then from there with the business, um, I kind of just was like, you know what? I have this following base. Let me just come out with a brand. And at first it was going really good. But one thing about social media that people misconstrue is just because you have followers, those followers turn into sales. You have to also push yourself, show them why they should buy your stuff. Because as I said, now at 2023, everybody has some type of business. Versus back in 2015, when I first was on social media, anybody could start a brand and it would blow up because it wasn't so much small businesses to like support. So now that there is so many businesses to support, you have to be posting TikToks and Reels and making it think your um, content go viral. And it goes beyond your actual followings followers so it's not easy i have good weeks i have bad weeks but all in all i just keep on going <laughs> every day so okay so the thing is when you say you have good weeks and you have bad weeks is it because of the numbers of likes like is everyone is like if something does well is it because it has a lot of likes so you know it did well and if it doesn't do well it's because it doesn't have a lot of likes um, the thing with social media now, it's like you could put the most effort into a reel and like get all the angles and put hours into it and you post it and it don't do that well because of the algorithm. And there's other times where you just post a random picture or a random video and it does numbers and it's just like, what was it about this, this thing, Instagram? Well, why did y'all push this out there to so much people? So it's really unpredictable, but my only advice is once you're consistent, the algorithm pays attention to your content and pushes it out. So there's no cheat code to it, honestly. You just got to keep on applying yourself and being as authentic as possible. So you think if you are authentic, um, people gravitate to you more because you're more vulnerable? Because I come from a generation of, 
it's hard to be authentic. It's hard to show. It's just hard to, to people that you don't even know, you know, just to just. That's true. You know, I think people appreciate authenticity, especially in my age group. I'm 28. I grew up nine years apart from my sister and everything was just such a secret. Yes. <laughs> Everything was such a secret. No, and, you know, I, I, I come from the generation of whatever happens in Cancun stays in Cancun. Okay. So we didn't, no one knew anything that was going on in no one's life. Exactly. Exactly. So a lot of things I felt like I, I learned late in my life, stop, late in my life or from people outside of my family because everybody was like, stay in a child's place, stay in a child's place. But of course, being 20 and outside, you was never in a child's place. You was finding yourself in predicaments that you shouldn't have been. But, but but if your adults, I mean, your elders were like more outspoken to you, you would be more aware and be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't be getting into that and stuff like that. Even down to um, stretch marks. When I was, I think 12, I would just woke up one day with a bunch of stretch marks on my thighs. And I went crying to my mom like, what is this on my legs? And she's like, Good out of here, girl. But it was very like like heartbreaking to me. I did not know what it was. And at that time, I'm changing in front of my friends in gym, hiding myself. And one year I seen another girl with something similar on her skin. I was like, what is that? She's like, oh girl, this is stretch marks. You get them. And I was like, oh, I thought I had like some skin rash or something. Like it was so taboo. Cause my mom didn't have stretch marks. My sister at the time didn't have stretch marks and no one educated me on what it was. And because back then I wasn't into the internet, it just was like, I don't know what's wrong with my skin. Oh my <laughs> God. And you know what? I have, I have daughters and I, I try my hardest now to really communicate with them because in our generation, we found out things by just finding out. Like our parents didn't really tell us anything. <laughs> I was like, it'd be like every time you ask a question, it was just like that's adult stuff. Go in the corner, like, and I'm like, wait, but it's happening to me now. Oh, you'll find out when you're an adult. You'll find. I'm like, okay, I gotta wait twenty years to find out what's going on with me now. Exactly. So, not hearing you, I'm like, oh wow, I have to do better with my kids because I sometimes do the same thing too. I'm like, oh. It's rated R. You don't need to know this now. And they're like, what? What are you talking about? It's rated R. <laughs> exactly. But, so, you know. Yeah. So with that being said, a lot of my friends experienced the same thing at home from their siblings, from their parents. So it just made us closer. So even down to like, you know, when we're first like sexually active and stuff like that. Instead of us going back to our parents and being like, hey, something down there doesn't feel right. We're going to our friends and we're going on Google and we're just torturing our vaginas, okay? Like, TMI, <laughs> like, you know, instead of going to the doctor for a basic yeast infection, you're like trying to do home remedies because you don't want to let your parents know that you're sexually active. And then it's like, it goes further than what it needs to go to and you're in spaces that you don't need to go to because you're relying on your friends that's just as dumb as you or unexperienced as you i should say so. and, you, and you know what you brought a really great point because um it's, it's it's we're in a weird time right now where we feel that our kids should be sheltered and not find out about stuff or because it's not kids appropriate and mm -hmm. i was i was kind of stuck in that 
bubble too of like not really letting my kids know anything because I want them to act age appropriate. But uh-huh. you are right. Like I was speaking to um, one of our family members, the principal at a school in New York City, and she sees all types of stuff going on in the schools. And she she yelled at me. She was like, Danny, stop being um, like naive. Like your kids are going to find out. So it's better that you tell your kids instead of it like, don't ask, don't tell. Like, don't ask, don't tell only works with adults. Kids are going to be chatting <laughs> all day long about it. So the reason that I was bringing that up was because of the whole... The, the whole transgender, um, transgender, the LBGTQ, um, you know, uh, what's going on with, with that group where some parents feel like it's not appropriate um, to talk about it in the classroom and um, they don't want the kids knowing about it. But when I was speaking, but when I was talking to her, she made sense. She was like, Danny, if they're on the iPad, if they have a cell phone, if they have other friends that their parents are talking about it, they were like, you better talk to your kids about it because the last thing you want is for someone else to educate your kids into exactly. what's really going on in the world because you're scared yeah. that it's going to change them or affect them. And they're like, they're gonna get changed and affected anyway because the world just got smaller with the cell phone. They can exactly. find out. They could Google. If you don't know anything, you could fall for anything. So if you don't have the basic foundations at home, just an introduction. If someone tells you, like, actually, the sky is really purple, but nobody confirmed that at home, it's like, I guess the sky is really purple. Like, you know? You are so... See, this is why I love talking to the younger generation, because more politicians, more adults need to really start listening to these kids are babies because I don't think age dictates how smart you are, how wise you are. I think your generation is one of the smartest generation because you guys have access to information and you guys can teach yourself stuff that we, when I was growing up, didn't have because we didn't have a computer, you know, in our hands, right? So I like listening to Generation Z. I like listening to the younger kids, like my kids' generation, because they have so much to offer. And if you would ask them, like, how do you feel about the world? I know they would give things that would be profound to us as adults. So let me ask you a question, Theo. Can you hear me? You can't hear me? You might have to to go out and come back in again. Go out and come back in again. Because I can't hear you. Yes. You have to go. So leave and come back. Sign out and come back. Oh, sorry for the technical difficulties. I, got, I don't know. We, we just got really excited. But the point that I was trying to make is, I know as parents, we are very protective of our babies. And I know when I was growing up, only thing, like my, my cousin Thea just said, are you back, Thea? Yes, I'm back. I'm sorry about that. Okay. So I was trying to explain to the audience that when I was growing up and a lot, a lot of the adults was growing up, we were taught differently of how to teach our children. It was 
we didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about drugs. It was just only about go to school and get an education, right? Right. But but now, like you just said, things are different now. The information is in your kids' hands. So even if you don't want to talk about it, if you don't want them to find out about it, they're going to find out about it anyway because they have a, most kids have cell phones or have computers because of school. And the only thing exactly. they have to do is, is go Google and know it's how to Google search. search the way. And we know how Google works these days. It's like a can of worms if you go the wrong direction, you know? You'll be like, oh, these are my symptoms. And you might think you have cancer for something that's not cancer. You know, it, it just could take you the wrong place, Google, without like right guidance. So it was so always- let me, So let me ask you a question. You have a daughter. Yes. What would you do differently with, with your daughter you have now versus how you were raised? Hmm. So many things. So I feel tell like us. Tell us because I want to know because I think as, as an adult sometimes we're so stuck in our ways and we have to figure out how to reimagine things based on the time that we are in right now. Yeah. For starters, I'm always picking her brain. Like, how are you feeling, Dakota? What's going on? Like, I force a conversation out of her because a lot of times my mom used to flick me off, just kind of like, girl, get out of here. I'm busy. I'm tired. I just worked, whatever. And it, it would make me feel like I didn't have anybody. Even though I know my mom loved me, she worked her butt off to make sure we have everything that we need, but quality time wasn't there. And it was just like the simple things that she never asked me. So I always asked her how she's going, what's going on. And I kind of do have the code in grown people business. So it was like, when my friends are around, she's around to limit. And if she has a question that seems a little bit uncomfortable for me, instead of her, instead of me sh shutting her down and telling her like, we're not talking about this, I tell her, give me a second. Cause I don't want her to go to someone else asking the question just because I'm not prepared. So I was like, just give me a second. And I just find the right words to explain it. When Dakota was about three, she's seen two men on TV kissing like, oh my gosh, mommy, what is that? Are they supposed to be doing that? And like, how do you respond to that? Because this is the reality. This is the world that we live in. I, I don't have a say to say that they should or they shouldn't, but it's allowed and it's a thing. It's happening. So with the way I live life, we just give respect to everybody. Don't frown up your face. Like that's, that's their business. So you got to respect that. So moving forward, when she sees it, it's not like taboo to her. It's not like a big reaction. It's kind of like a, Oh, that's just what they do. There's no deeper conversation that, that needs to be had. Um, schoolwork, I try to just understand like why is this not working, Dakota? What's what's hard about it? I I'm open to tutoring, everything. I feel like a lot of our parents, instead of trying to figure out why we're not understanding something at school or why we're failing, it, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna beat you. I'm going to yell at you until you get it right. And it's like, sometimes your kid might need some extra help. Whether it's a tutor or you spending extra time with them, you contacting the teacher. So I just feel like um, I don't only request off of work just to go on vacation. I'm requesting off of work to go to my child's school and sit down with somebody just to get to the bottom of it. Because a lot of our failures in adulthood is because nobody really sat down and truly really gave a fuck. Everybody is like, oh, 
I'm paying for you to go to school. You have a great home. We have stuff, but nobody was really present for us and being an advocate for us growing up. As a Haitian child, Haitian parents, I feel like my mom felt like once she fed me, gave me a, a place to stay, clean clothes and all that stuff, that was enough. And I felt like she, I needed her to be more emotionally available. Uh, more emotionally available for me and just more present when it came to school stuff. Wow. Like, I, I feel that what you're saying is so profound because it's so true because as a parent, I have to catch myself sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, with, with my kids because um, I'm older, my patience is not there. I'm Girl, like, I'm doing so... I know, but you know what it is? I love how you, how the younger generation has a different approach because mm -hmm. like even with my parents, it was just like, it was it, do as I say, not as I do. Didn't yeah. understand that. I'd be like, well, you guys are yelling at each other. Oh, no, 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 you don't watch. So it was always contradictions when I love my parents. My parents were the, are, were the best parents in the yeah. world. Same here. But, but they didn't see me as a person. They just saw me as a child and I got it. I know I was a child, but this child, this child had feelings. Uh -huh. This child had a brain. This child could observe. This child did not have to feel that they didn't have a say. I'm not saying that I, I should have had a choice, but mm -hmm. at least make me feel like you're listening to how I feel feel instead of just making me feel like my feelings mean nothing right and i think that's what caused a lot of like depression um growing up a lot of like you know just like you were saying like i i had like a lot of acne on my face and i would tell my parents like what is this and they'd be like oh it's just your hormones bye <laughs> Meanwhile, I was being bullied in school every day called pimple face every day and the, right. my parents just right. made it seem oh. like everybody gets bullied you know and I, mm -hmm. so this is why i was trying to tell the world our country united states of america time time evolves right yeah. people evolve it's okay to evolve it's okay to make mistakes and learn from your mistakes but we're here to make the next generation better than exactly. our generation right <laughs> And I feel like like uh, parents like me, um, because I'm old, I'm older than you, are not setting the good example for the younger generation to look at us and say, okay, we want to emulate them because they got it together. Because honestly, it looks like the adults don't have it together. It looks like you guys have it together more than us. Um, I say it's fifty fifty because I feel like you're doing an amazing job. Every whenever I come to your house, everybody's like, "We're going to Danny House." I'm like, "Yeah." All the kids get happy. You know how they are, and I just oh. my inner child feels so happy seeing our kids see us happy, see us be around each other, partying, doing a little TikTok dances, all of that. Cause I never see my mom do none of that. All she did was work. Okay, she was working in the kitchen or she was cleaning. And if she was chilling, she was chilling in her bed, getting ready for her next shift or getting ready to go to bed. So I think at that part, you're doing amazing. And I think you're putting life into your own children, you know? It's like, wow, my mom is doing that. 
My mom well, is I, <laughs> well, Theo, I, I want to say um, I'm so proud of you. I think you're an amazing mom. You're an amazing human being. And this is what our kids need to hear. The, the adults have to start listening to the kids the younger generation and not just like shush them off and say they don't know what they're talking about. Yes, they do know what they're talking about and they do deserve a seat in the table, on the table because this is as much as their country as it is our country too, as, a, as it is adult mm -hmm. country too. And these kids are so much, I feel like they're so, you guys are so smart. Um, but I just wanna say to anyone who is watching me right now live, we're going to, Optimum viewers, uh, we will finish this conversation the next time. And for the people who's watching me live, just wait two more seconds, two and two. I feel like Chuck Hillary right now, Chuck, Chuck. Two and two, and I'll be right back, okay? So we can finish the conversation with Theo, Mom Point. Yes, okay, we're back live. So Theo, you, you, you I just want to tell you this. Mm -hmm. You're the, you are the reason you, your sister, the younger generation are the reason why I am playful because I watch you guys. And honestly, I did not want to be like my parents. I did not. Mm -hmm. I wanted, I, I don't, I'm not friends with my kids, but mm -hmm. I wanted to create a relationship with the younger kids, the younger generation right. that. I'm here, I'm listening to you. We can have fun at my house without um, feeling like, don't touch the furniture, don't touch this, don't sit on this. I, I always tell you guys, what's the point of having a house if your kids can't you have can't. fun in the house? Right. Mm -hmm. what, what's the point of paying like a mortgage? What's the point of getting nice things? I understand that you have nice things, but isn't a house supposed to be more of a creation of memories Having exactly. kids running around, laughing, dancing, mm -hmm. and and not just coming to someone's house. And I remember and I used to go to my aunt sitting in the corner like this. Why would I want to go back to a house where I can't have fun? Like I'm a kid. I, I I'm meant to live a little bit. Why mm -hmm. can't I? Why can't I? So I. So you guys made me look into myself, and and I love my parents but I didn't want to be like my parents, meaning right. that in the way that I had a relationship with you, Theo, um, that generation, and even our baby's generation, I wanted it to be more of a, like, we can all listen together. We all have opinions. Yes, I am the adult. Yes, you're younger than me, but it doesn't mean that your feeling doesn't matter. Exactly. You have a, it, it matters. And I think that when you make kids feel like your daughter, she, I love your daughter so much. I love Dakota, Miss Dakota. I feel like she's gonna be like an influencer, like her mom. Superstar. She's an influencer. <laughs> yeah, superstar. Superstar in training. I always say she's gonna be the next Beyonce. Beyonce, watch out. Watch out. Dakota, Dakota is coming. So I'm saying it here first. I, I just believe in our, in, our, in, our, in our family so much. But I feel that when you build that relationship with your daughter, Mm -hmm. Of course, you're, now your daughter's going to trust to come to you first before she even goes to her friends now because you guys now established a relationship of authenticity, honesty, right. and open dialogue. You're not going to get, like, you know, smacked in the face by saying something inappropriate exactly. because 
I'm a kid. I don't, I don't know what's inappropriate, but you're going to make your child feel that they have a voice. And I think, and I think like, I have this, I have this day called self love day, which is very important to my heart because I feel like our, your generation and younger generation are having more mental um, health issues, issues, excuse me, mm-hmm. because they still feel like they don't have a voice. Honestly, I think that they're having these issues because they know that they exist. These issues didn't come out of nowhere. I think that being that we're more educated that they exist as far as having anxiety, depression, it's like, oh, I think I have this. I think I have this. Like, this generation is full of labeling, like, oh, I watched 10 TikTok videos that, that this girl said that she has ADHD. Hmm, I, I do that too. Maybe I have ADHD. I feel like we're very big on labeling ourselves, which really? is scary. So versus your generation or my sister generation, I feel like you guys just push through depression, push through anxiety, push through uncomfortable situations where you guys maybe could have been on medication, maybe went to therapy, maybe just sat down for a second and breathed. It just had to be forced through it where my generation, because we know about it, insurance covers it, Medicaid at that. We're just going after it. Like, why not? It's there. Why not? <laughs> let me get some medication. Let me get, let me get a quick fix. So I don't think that um, it's a new thing that everybody has. And I think everybody's more educated on it and they're just taking advantage of it. So do you think social media has hurt your generation as opposed to help? Because there's so much, there's so much access to information and it's, you don't know what is the right information. What is the wrong information? Do you think it's just too much? It's overwhelming. Um, it did. It, it has become overwhelming. And that's why I, you know, just kind of stepped away from social media a little bit because it's a lot of information to take in, you know, and it's kind of like, it forces you to do education. I mean, to educate yourself outside of social media. So you'll go in the shade room and they'll be like, oh, so-and-so just discovered a new species or something. And you're like, oh yeah, sure. But then on the news, it's not like the same information. So it's like, it's just so much information being thrown at you. You don't know what's factual, what's just made up. So it's hard. And even girls sharing their experiences with some with certain stuff, they'll fabricate the story. Like for me, for instance, when I told my breast augmentation story, of course I told them like it can't it was successful for me and all this stuff. But while doing my research prior to doing the surgery, there's a lot of like things that can go wrong. And nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about the negatives. It's like, let me just highlight the the good parts. The good stuff the good stuff, whatever, but nobody knew. Well, I told people that, you know, it took me two years to get my breasts done because my iron was just stuck at seven, you know, like very low. And it was a multiple thing that was dehydrated. My menstrual was very heavy, not taking my iron supplements. So I finally built discipline to get my breasts done because I was so pressed. But other than that, like, I didn't care about my iron. I was like, oh, okay, I'm tired, but it doesn't really affect me. So I don't know. And I know people too, where they had implants and they got sick from them, but nobody tells the story because they're so embarrassed. Like, oh my gosh, like it didn't happen the way it happened for this girl. And I don't want to be embarrassed because I just followed her and they just like hide that part. 
or you know people will be like oh this girl i know her from everywhere but like why isn't she not highlighting when she went through x y and z and she's only highlighting this part you post so much on social media people feel like you owe them the full story where a lot of people just come up and be like yep i got my new mercedes-benz 2023 but they're not showing you like the hard the work struggle the struggle or they're not showing you that you know they were selling themselves or it's like it's so much what it could be they're not showing you the backstory because everyone thinks like everyone has a success story and it's overnight <laughs> and it's full of crap because nothing happens overnight nothing happens overnight everything is consistency that's why i'm so proud of you on the show like i've been seeing you working on this for so long and i know how it feels um, it's hard to stay consistent doing something when you're not seeing the effects that you imagine in your head like we're at a hundred thousand views where's this where's that but it's gonna come you keep on pushing it's gonna come you, you know why i i i I just want to say I'm proud of you because you took courage to come on my show. I will never forget that you are the first family member that ever believed in me. So I got to say it right here because when they show this like 20 years from now, 10 years from now, I'm like, Theo was the first one because you know how people like to jump the bad wagon. Like, when, like it's weird with family sometimes. Like no one really believes in you. And then all of a sudden, I can, I can, I can feel how Beyonce feels when mm. you blow up that every family went back like they always believed in you but then when right. you were asking them to do little things like can you come on my show and they'd be like i'm not coming on your show <laughs> so <laughs> so but let me just tell you something you have a belief in you theo i am my cousin let me just tell you something when i blow up because i am the queen of manifestation i will make sure my cousin theo mom points We'll be walking all of the runways <laughs> in New York, Milan, Paris, LA, Miami, because this girl is so beautiful. And, and I just feel like it's going to be another topic we talk about, but the access of like beauty walking on a runway, sometimes it seems like it's just one-sided and, mm -hmm. and the world is, so many it's so diverse with so many beautiful people beautiful body shapes beautiful skin color that i wish that the runway would reflect that right. um but how do you feel about that theo um, before we say so, when i first started modeling i literally was walking down flatbush one day and i started getting pulled from random people like hey i'm doing a fashion show hey i know this person hey i'm a photographer let's do it so it's kind of like i never had the passion for it but once i did it and i seen what you could get paid for it i was like oh yeah this is it so <laughs> started getting money it was cool but then i had a one experience where i went to so i met this girl and she's like hey i know about a bunch of castings i could get you in direct so she got me a few bookings and every time at the time i was 17 so i had to go to castings with either an agent or my mother so obviously my mother was always working so i went with my agent so one day my agent couldn't come with me to a casting so she just told them and let me sign the paperwork she was paying me maybe i think 800 for a 12 day no for a 12 hour shoot hair shoot and when i went to sign the paper um my pay was supposed to be like four thousand dollars 
So <laughs> I seen that and you know, I'm very timid. So imagine as a 17 year old, I was even more timid. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm hot. I'm sweating. Like, how do I confront this lady? Why would she ever play with me, play with me like that? Like, there's a lot that goes into these shoots. Like my head at the end of the day is sore. And now that I know the true worth of it or what these people was paying me, like you're not even giving me half and you're not even the one doing the work. So when I confronted her, she basically was like, oh, I'm sorry. I split the money between four people and blah, blah, blah. But I'll give you $1,500 today. And I'm sorry, don't bring it up to the other models because it was other girls too. And from there, I was like, you know what? I need a real agency. I need to get signed. I need to have real management because these people in these streets is either going to underpay you, make you work for free for exposure, or just not really value you and it's not going anywhere. So from 18 to now, I've been trying to get signed by agency and anytime I would get close to it, they'll be like, I'm sorry, but we have enough girls that look like you. I'm sorry, but you're not skinny enough. I'm sorry, but we prefer your hair this way. It was just so much no's. And honestly, maybe if I kept on pushing like consistently, I would have got where I wanted to be, especially at my younger ages. But that's a hard industry. Like so many no's just like breaks your your Break, breaks your, your passion. But I'm here to tell you, yeah, you will get that yes, even if I have to make sure you get that yes. <laughs> Okay, you will get that yes because you were meant to be a model and I'm not gonna let nothing, I'm gonna manifest it right now, I'm not gonna let nothing stop you from being a model. There's so many beautiful people in the world. To anyone who's in Theo's spot, who is beautiful and wanna be a supermodel, don't give up, it's gonna happen. You can get all the no's in the world, but that one yes will come. I promise yeah. you, just keep pushing, just keep pushing. And I wanna say, Theo, thank you so much for joining. I'm proud of you, sis. I am so proud of you. And I can't wait to see you, hug you, and I will definitely, definitely, if I ever meet anyone that can help you legitimately for modeling, I will mm -hmm. definitely send them your number because you are super gorgeous and you be, you deserve to be on every cover on the face of this earth. Oh. And that is, that is a God's honest truth because I, because hey. you are beautiful. But everyone, thank you so much for joining Danny Benson. That's me and my cousin Theo. Hi, Theo. Hi. And I'm proud of you, sis. I just wanted to bring her her flowers because she's super amazing. And guys, this is the younger generation. We have to start listening to them to help with the problems that we have today because they're the ones that's going to be living on this earth while we are far gone. So we have to think about the young ones, the, the younger kids, and not be so egotistical and think about just ourselves. And let's get our country together as one again. Thank you so much, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Yay! <laughs> we did it.